If you're tired of dieting and stepping on the scale, you're lacking energy and confidence, and you're ready to harness your inner athlete, then you're in the right place. I'm Sherry Shaban, and in each episode, I'll help you to rebuild your fitness identity and empower your deepest transformation so that health and fitness are not just what you do, but who you are. What's up, Austin? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> so you have an amazing story. And the reason that I wanted to bring you on is because, well, we met over a year ago and we connected right away. I always thought you were such a cool guy. But one of the things I really admired about you is that you have this amazing story of overcoming a substance and passing through all the stages of what overcoming an obstacle would be. And I find this um, to be very useful to a lot of people listening today and possibly feeling that they, they are kind of stuck in this circle of abusive uh, behavior towards themselves and obviously abuse, abusing substance to celebrate or to get over certain feelings or, or to reconnect with certain feelings. So Austin, you come from a background of being kicked out at the age of 21 by your parents um, to living off of $40 a month to sleeping in unpleasant conditions to a DUI at 25 years old to now committing to three Ironmen this year. So tell us a little bit about your history of, of, of the substance abuse, of the use of alcohol and some of the things we were just speaking about earlier. Sure. I uh, started in the restaurant business at 17. I'm highly, highly ADD. So to be honest with you, um, you know, recreational drugs, cocaine, uh, harder drugs actually make me feel normal. I know that sounds crazy for somebody that doesn't have it, but I guarantee a lot of people resonate with that. Um, it focuses the mind. So, you know, I, I became a bartender and, you know, got kind of taught the ropes of, of life, uh, good or bad or indifferent. And it's not that I was a, a terrible kid, um, but I just was not being respectful of my mother's house, my father's house, et cetera, et cetera. So when they cut me off, um, you know, I was at a low, low point. I was just drinking back then, not really doing a, a lot of drugs. Well, yeah, doing drugs and stuff. Didn't have anywhere to live. Cried for a couple hours. And then uh, my buddy said, hey, you know, my brother has, um, he doesn't have any room in his house, but he does have a closet. So uh, if you want to sleep in here, you can sleep in there. So so you were living in a closet. You were sleeping in a closet. Yep. At 21. Yeah. So, so, so let's just put some context to the story. Uh, my dad's a doctor and we lived across the street from NBA players on a golf course. So to go from that life to this life, yeah, ego was destroyed. Maybe that's what I was mad at. Now looking at it back all that time, my girlfriend at the time, her dad uh, worked construction. Um, so he got me a job uh, and he picked me up every day at 5 a.m. And we worked from six to six and um, I lived off 40 bucks a month and basically just worked every day. And what people, what's hard for people to understand is I was actually extremely happy during that time. Because once you have all the the BS stripped away, um, the extra shit that you think you need, 
life is extremely simple. And, and putting in an honest day's worth of work uh, and reading books and not watching TV, to be honest with you, I think about that time all the time uh, and how it was, not, it was great, you know, besides eating ham sandwiches and stuff. But, but everything else was, was really cool. Um, and it's so weird what, for me to look back now and say how, how great it was, you know. So what did you learn from this time? So you mentioned that just several years later, you were stopped for drinking under the influence and you spent a night in jail. You spent 24 hours in jail. But what did you learn from this time in terms of just your relationship with alcohol? I realized that I was... You know, as I look back and I can sit now today at 37, uh, I blamed everybody for my problems and everybody. It was never Austin's fault. It was Austin, you know, me against the world. You were a victim, essentially. 100%. And when you do that, you, it's really easy to not really think about it because it's, they did this to me or, or this is happening to me and and so on and so on. And, and, and this all starts um, to put context to everything, um, at 17 years old, my parents got divorced. And for 20 years, I blamed myself in my head that I was the reason they got divorced. And it's really easy to spiral into a victim mentality and just live in your shit, um, which is, it's the easiest route to, to go. I truly believe. Mm-hmm. And um, what, did, what did alcohol give you at that point? If you if you were in this mindset of blame, of feeling like a victim, what was alcohol like for you? It allowed you to not let the voices in your head um, get their say because you're just drunk. And it's not even that I would get like smashed or anything, but you know, you come home after work and you know, I worked a hard day. Well, I'm going to have like three cocktails and then you're, and you're kind of like numb and you just go to bed. And you, 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 it's just easy. I think that's the biggest thing. It's easy to do that. And, you know, there's so many people that would rather go to the bar, drink, smoke, whatever, than, than really sit in their, their mess because that's the easy way out. Um, because it's available and it's readily available uh, and it's legal and it's, it can be cheap if you want it to. Um, so, so the justification levels is so easy with alcohol. I really think it's the, the easiest form of soothing, right? Because it's, it's out there, it's advertised, it's around and I'm not sitting here sitting up on my high horse at all, but, 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 but I've noticed a shift in me. Um, since since walking away from it, for sure. Mm-hmm. What was that turning point for you where you decided to take control of your health and fitness? So when we joined the mastermind about a year and a half ago, that was kind of start when you start getting around other people um, that are that are asking more of themselves and, and stepping up and you're getting around people that, that do this for a living. Um, we did uh, Whole30, and that was kind of like, we went like 26 days, and I was like, shit, I've never been like, you know, I drank like every day. So, like, I, I went 26 days, and I was like, hell yeah, like, that was great. And then I went back to drinking, and then um, when the new year came around uh, last year, 
I was like, you know what? I'm going to like really, I'm really going to try this. Like I'm really going to try to go for like 60 days. Right. And like the first couple of weeks, but like super hard. Right. Um, you know, and then you, you like kind of hit these thresholds, you know, you're like, Oh, well, like I got over 30 days. Okay. Holy shit. Like I'm doing good. Like, and then you get to 60 days and then you get to 90 days and then you're like, wait, this is great. Like, well, if I went 90, like, I bet I can go like 120. And then um, what was great for me is like, you're feeling so good that really that's the catalyst to like keep on going. Cause mm-hmm. like you're, you're dropping weight and you, you feel better. You don't feel groggy. You're, you're, you're attacking the day, uh, you know, as you're taking those steps up and up and up. Mm-hmm. So you had some, some low moments in the past. You had a time where your parents kicked you out of the house but that didn't get you to stop. You had a DUI, you spent 24 hours in jail, um, which you mentioned was something you never want to experience again. That didn't get you to yep. stop. But, but you say that a year and a half ago, once you started sort of you know, surrounding yourself around other people and then slowly starting to stop the usage of the substance and then just continuing to prolong it, why was it that time that got you to stop or got to you to where you are here? Why wasn't it those other two huge wake up calls where you get kicked out of your house, where you spend the night in jail? What was the difference? You know, it really was two things. One, um, I, I, I adopted a mentality that I was going to lean in to, to, to the shit and not run from it. Cause that's what uh, drinking alcohol was. It was running from it. And then really, it, it really was the masterminds when you start, getting around grade A, high level thinking, people that see something inside of you that maybe you don't see in yourself mm-hmm. and they're pointing it out. And that's giving you the confidence to say, okay, there is something better that I can do with my life, right? And there is something greater that I can do. But but truly to be honest with you, you know, I, I have a lot of credit that that goes to two people, you know, uh, Mark Crandall and kind of stated it for me and then to hire Omar uh, Pinto as my coach was the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. And he has helped me in so many ways. You have somebody that identifies with you that doesn't allow you to slide on your bullshit. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's so easy to be around a, a group of people that allows you to just slide on certain things when you have the accountability, right? to to hold yourself to a higher level that's where it changes but you know what the truth is and you said it in the opening it's really the number one thing that people need to hit on it's the promises that you make to yourself Mm -hmm. because and I, i truly believe this when you take ownership of everything in your life good bad or indifferent that's when that's when the the switch flips because because you understand that that it's, it's in here. And what I realized, it was all the times that I thought I was going to do something, I didn't do it. And I thought I wasn't, and that's when you realize it's these promises you break to yourself that is the true catalyst for how you feel about yourself, right? And so what I try to tell everybody that I help or anybody I'm talking to is, is make little small wins. Dude, not everybody wants to do three Ironmans, but like say, look, you know, for five days in a row, I'm going to hit the gym. Okay, boom, you got it right there. And then like turn that five turns into 12 and the 12 turns, it's called stacking, you know? Say, they do the same thing in real estate investing. You stack properties. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, 
don't set your goals so ridiculous in the beginning that you fail again. And then that's another reason, like you're a trainer. I mean, I'm sure you tell people that all the time, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's, it's going from zero to a million or comparing yourself to where other people are. And that's actually one of the things that Jim Rohn talks about too, is number one, take responsibility, stop blaming your actions or things not happening on other people or exterior circumstances. Take responsibility, own it, and realize that everything going wrong is actually my fault. What can I do right now in my life to change it? And second of all, surrounding yourself by like-minded people. You are the product of the five people you hang out with, right? And both Omar and Mark have incredible stories as well, um, very similar to yours, where they also overcame huge things in, the, in their past. And, and a lot of them also around the fact of hiding behind something or not dealing or dissociating yourself with a certain emotion that you're, you're going through right now. But, but definitely the, the key to change is making these goals one bite at a time. You can't put up this, you know, your, your first goal as, you know, to compete for an Ironman. Not most people can do that, <laughs> unlike you, yeah. Austin. But, um, but small goals, achievable goals, realistic goals. I mean, I, but, I cycled, can, but I cycled a, I cycled a 48-mile race, so it's not like I've never done this before. Right. So, like, there's a... There's a you're working towards something. I mean, it's the same thing if, if you train somebody and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm 300 pounds. Okay. Well, I want to, my, my first goal is I want to be 150 in three months. It's like, well, hold on. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. And it's not to say that it's not achievable ever, but it's to say that it's not realistic in that short time frame. And a hundred percent, what you say is celebrate the wins. And oftentimes we forget to do this. We're still looking about looking at what we have not done yet or what we still have left to do, but not really focusing and being mindful in the moment of what we've already achieved. And the more that we focus on these positive things and, and continue to give ourselves positive reinforcement, the more motiva motivating it is to continue. And then all your progress and your results don't go unnoticed. You notice everything. And again, it's the bigger driving force. You said earlier that you, you um, had that moment where, where you, those two moments where you were kicked out of, out of the house and where you had your DUI as times where you never want to go back to. These are moments that inspired you to keep going. And you never have to worry about being motivated because it is a driving force in you that, that doesn't just push you, it pulls you towards that finish line and obviously the finish line we're talking about an iron man yes but really life like what do you want to achieve sure well you know it's interesting and i want to go back to the point that mark made and it, it's funny how how quickly this happened like i'm i'm dead serious i can map it out so for 20 years i blame my myself for my divorce so in five minutes of talking to mark he goes okay that's great i hear your bullshit story but what what was the event that actually happened, right? And then what was the story for 20 years that you told yourself? And as I stripped away the story, this was the event that happened. Okay, what part did I play in it? Own the part. And then, I'm not kidding this, two weeks later, had the conversation with my father and let that go. Like, mm -hmm. it was boom, boom, boom. So what actually happened? What's the event, the traumatic event, whatever it is that, you, that happened? And then what did you tell yourself for all those years? So let's strip all that away, own it, and then, and then step forward. 
I, I think, and, I, and, I, and this book was amazing. So Kyle Cease is a comedian actor that, used, that became a motivational speaker and, and life coach. He's ridiculously amazing. He has a book called The uh, Money, The Illusion of Money, and, and Why You Want It Is Why You're Not Getting It. And what he talks about, and this is the greatest story in the world. He says, I did a juice fast for like three days and I gained weight. And he said, I sat on the, the, the scale and I go, what the fuck? And then he goes, wait, 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 wait. He goes, my intention, my intention was to feel good. Okay, I feel great. So that's what I've changed my whole life around. I don't, goals are great. And, but I also think that a lot of people do goals for other people. So what I live now is intention. The same way with me. My weight has gone up and down and round and round. I'm working out. I'm doing Ironmans. I don't look at the scale anymore because I feel great, right? And so the intention is to feel good. The intention is to impact people. The intention is to have freedom in my life. Now, whatever goals that get me there is great. But if we live our life in intention, that's the highest version of yourself, then you can impact... You know what? Here's the greatest thing in the world. This is what matters about life. I had a friend text me, a guy I know. We, work, we used to work in the music business together. We hadn't talked in six months. He texted me when I was on a trip in Nashville, and he says, hey, I just wanted to tell you, we have not spoken in six months. You do not know this, but I'm having a baby in three months, and you're the reason I'm getting sober because hmm. I've been watching you. So I was just living my life. I never talked to him. But what people need to understand is if you as Sherry, you as Austin live in your highest version of yourself, yeah. you will impact the people around you. hundred percent. that's what matters. It is the greatest form of influence. You can preach all night long about your beliefs or what you've already done, but truly people will look up to you and you will inspire them to make a change simply by living yourself, living your life and being an example of what that looks like. Um, and not necessarily, you know, preaching or lecturing people about bad habits or how they should also make a positive change in their lives. Um, and so, and, I, do the, and yeah. I did do that when I first stopped drinking. You know, you're yeah. sitting on your high horse. And you're like, well, you shouldn't drink. And, I, and I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> you're being a little preachy. Dial yeah. it down. Exactly. And, and that's influence. I, you know what, I went out um, a couple weeks ago, went out to this restaurant, I was ordering and I'd mentioned to the waitress that I'm eating plant based. So right away, she's, you know, she's like, I'm so happy you're vegan and me too. I'm vegan. I'm telling everybody about this. I'm constantly telling my friends and everybody about this and, you know, and, and, and reminding them that they don't need to order meat at a restaurant. And I said to her, I'm like, you know, the greatest way to ever influence someone is just to live that healthy life. And no matter how much you talk to people about, you know, what you think is harmful in terms of what you eat, the less they'll listen because you are sitting on your high horse thinking that the way you're doing something is better. But be, be that person and be that voice simply by what you do and not, not by what you say. And I love, I love what you said earlier about being intentional in, in, in everything that you want to do and focusing on feeling good. And yes, I agreed. Your goal should not be around a certain number of calories you're going to get per day or a certain number of calories you're going to burn or how much weight you should be on a scale. But it is about feeling good. And it's it also about performance. What can you do? If I feel good and my body can complete a full Ironman or a half Ironman or a 5K run or whatever it is, that's how I should base 
my goals on, just how I feel and what I can do. And definitely does take a lot of stress and mind space also just thinking about all of these numbers and, and setting up these really high goals for yourself. So how did you go from where you are where you are now as stopping to drink to suddenly, um, you know, getting really into cycling. Cause I remember a year ago or so you really started cycling more and now you're, you're committing to Ironman. How did, how did this happen? Um, uh, you know, getting some good mentors, getting some people, um, that had already been where I want to be in realizing, you know, deconstructing their life. But, 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 you know, like I told you in our, when we talked before the interview, like for me, the, the whole Ironman thing basically consisted of, uh, I hate running. So let me do something that I truly hate. And, and when I say, Hey, I hate running, there's no harder thing for a super ADD guy to run and just have clear headspace. It is like, Holy crap. What are we going to do? But I set the intention earlier in the last part of the year, I wanted to do something that was really going to test, test the mind and impress the mind. And what people don't understand is it has nothing to do with the race on race day. It has to do with the person I'm becoming up to the race. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know that the, the, the steps that you're going to take in, in Ironman training is going to make me a better businessman, business owner. It's going to make me a better husband. It's going to make me a better person because these are things that allow you to break barriers in your mind that you think that's as far as you can go. And what people need to understand is that the human body and the human mind can do anything at once. We are the only people that put limitations on ourselves. And, you know, what I try to tell people is it's like, what do you really want, right? Like, what do you truly want like everybody like this is what I said in the previous podcast on a real estate one and i truly believe this right you've been in masterminds you've been around people what is the number one goal that people write down all the time they write i want to be a millionaire right right my question is do you really because i don't think you do like you do because you think it's the thing to say do you not understand the responsibility the amount of employees the amount of person here's the thing the businesses that you create is asking a lot out of me, right? I'm not that person yet, but I will, I will strive to get there. Right. And so what people need to understand is if you had three rental properties and you made $80,000 a year and you didn't have to work like, but you weren't a millionaire, like, does that, is that, is that a true goal for you? Well, most people would say, I know, but I'm not a millionaire. I know, but you're free. So it's like, I wish people would like when they really write and I'm, and I'm just as guilty of it. Like I'm about to rewrite my goals for the year because I just spent the weekend with my mentor and realized that I don't care about those goals. Right. And so, you know, what I, what I ask people is what do you truly want? And what everybody wants is time. It's time. Everything is time. So freedom from time, freedom. So you're working that job and you're, and you're, and you're, and that's great. Right. But, is it what you really want? And I feel like people get in this conveyor belt uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then they party all weekend and then boom, they're back to the conveyor belt. And mm -hmm. so for me, this life is about experiences and I'm not going to wait till I'm 60 years old to, to do start living. Years. Yeah. No, you never know. 
don't want to like bring it up, but like there's so many stories I could bring up of people that waited their whole life to live it. And then two weeks after being retired, they passed away. Like, so like when, when my wife says, what do you want to do for Christmas? I say, we're going to Italy. Like, that's what we want to do. Like, so start living through intention. Like if you want to take that trip, take that trip. And I guarantee you the world is not going to crumble by you taking a couple of days off of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't put it off. Do it now. You know, like you were saying, why do we have to wait till we're 60 to start living? Why don't you start living now, but obviously live within your means and why are you waiting until next year to sign up for something? Or why are you waiting until Monday to start making a change in your health and fitness? Why don't you start now? So you, like, you took but I, on- but I can't stand by people, And you're a trainer and I bet this drives you crazy. <laughs> when, when it's December 1st and they're like, you know what? I'm going to start trying January 1st. January like, why, don't 1st. You start, why don't you start December 2nd? Yeah. Like this yeah. is a lifestyle. It's not a program. Like this is, this is a way to be healthy to be happy, to, I mean, just start. That's right. all you have to do. Start the job, start the second job, the health, whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. So, you know, most people wouldn't really wake up and say, you know what, I, I really hate running. I'm going to sign up for a race where I have to do a lot of running and I have to do a lot of training leading up to that running. But why in particular do you feel that you had that mindset or you had that, that sort of mental strength to say, what do I really feel the most uncomfortable doing? Well, I'm going to do that thing. Why is that? I, you know, now that you're saying out loud, something triggered in me that I haven't thought about. So it's kind of crazy that you caught it. But I realized that I stayed in my bartending restaurant gig for way too long because I was comfortable and I dominated, right? And I was the best at what I did and it was super easy and you know 20 fucking years in the restaurant business when if you talk to anybody that i talk to now they're like dude you could have been out doing real estate like 10 years ago so i guess what i'm subconsciously doing is i refuse any longer to be put in my comfort zone like i want to do things because what i realize is that life is about action and learning through the action you can read all the books you want you can read all the travel books you want. Like that's what cracks me up about people. They're going to read a 300 page travel book about Italy instead of putting your foot in Tuscany and, and like living the grapes and feel. So like just doing just every time you switch and get out of that comfort zone, you're building another layer of an unstoppable mindset to go farther and farther. And you're saying, okay, I hate running. Well, I sure, you know, I tackled that. Well, okay. Well, what does that translate into to business? Yeah. What does that translate your personal life? So, I truly believe if you talk to a lot of the uh, the A players, like health is the foundation for for everything. And I think the most exciting thing I love about Ironman and cycling is you can't win. No. It works for super A mentality because you'll have overweight people or like kids be beating you on the bike and like it, but here's what's great about Ironman. It strips your ego. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yes. And that's one thing too. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing, exactly what you said. Like, you know, I remember when I did my Ironman, you're looking around you and it's regular people doing it and that's it. And what you said earlier, you know, you're, you're training for an Ironman. You can't win. 
yeah, but you also can't lose. Like nothing of what you do is losing. Even if race day comes and things go unplanned and you don't make it across that finish line, you've won that whole last year of training. You've won that whole last year of being disciplined and being motivated and driving yourself to, to train and to commit and to show up, especially on the days where you did not feel like doing it. And I think that's probably the most powerful um, lesson that you can get from just the training process. I don't even want to say the, the race day. That's just one day. That's just, you know, one thing leading up to that entire, you know, year of training. So, but, but still, like coming back to, to what you said about health and fitness, it's the, it's the one thing that you must have. It's the most important thing. And you mentioned earlier, what was that quote that you said that if you ask um, a, a billionaire, uh, what was it? Oh, they said, it, said, it said if you ask a billionaire and he's got a billion dollars and for a month he can't swallow, he would say he'd give up a billion dollars so he could swallow again. Right? Yeah. And it's exactly. the same thing, that Steve, same thing that Steve Jobs wrote. Like when he was laying in this deathbed, like, you know, you, you like I would give everything to be healthy again. Like, yeah, there is there are. You know, I think the most important thing is that you have to switch all your thinking towards how do you want your lifestyle to be, right? And so like, if you're healthy, right, then you can go start that other business, right? Or you can, uh, you know, work on a Saturday or, or hang out with your nieces and nephew or, or your kids and everything. And I think what really hits people is when they have kids, right? And that's when they're like, well, hey, you know, and so like you have my buddy, who's like, I can't, like, I'm about to have a, a young girl, like a baby girl, and I can't be drinking, I can't be taking away moments from her, because I'm, I'm, I'm hungover, right? Um, but, 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 but really, what's, what's great about health and fitness is that it, I think it breathes into the all avenues of your life, and you feel more confident, and you're, you're, you're that much better, you're that much better, sharper at work, and you're not feeling lethargic. But, but what's great is that there's something out there for everybody, right? And, um, you know, you could just swim. You could just swim or you could just walk. You could just it walk. It doesn't matter. What. Yeah, you could just walk. And, but as long as you're, you're, you're getting out, you're doing something, you're in nature, um, you're allowing yourself to think. Um, you know, but I think really what's exciting about the Ironman that I found is that it's, it's the ultimate uh, mind mess, for guys like me who are super driven because you have to take a day off <laughs> and you're like, and you, but, but like, that's been the hardest part for me is that it's more of endurance. You can't like just go, 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 go. You know, it's not like, so it's actually teaching you to like respect the down day. Right? Yeah. And, 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 and dial it back. Right. Because like you, I could go run 15 miles, right. I could do that, but, but I'm not there yet. Like, so you have to like grow and, you, and then you have, cause you don't want to tear down your body. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a progression, right? Which I think is exciting about everything. That's, that's what life is progression. Mm -hmm. right? um, so when is your next race? So the first one is April uh, 5th. Um, and that's a full or a half? The half. The half. Okay. And then you're doing the full when? In November. In November. Okay. Arizona. Where, oh, nice. Arizona. I was thinking about that one this year. Um, so, so how long has it been now that you started running? Probably maybe three months, give or take. Okay. Three months. What is your longest run now? 
uh, eight and a half, eight and a half miles. Some, okay. some, some weeks are better than most. You know, it's still one of those things I have to talk myself into. But I found when I run with somebody else, I kind of like just get in the groove and, and run. So, but, but what I've been doing the last three weeks is I've been getting all disciplines in in one training session. So every Saturday I'll go swim, bike, run. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that I'm actually faster running when I've done all when I, I, before I cycle, because mm. I don't know if like my legs are already warmed up or whatever, but so, so every time you push it a little bit farther, right. And every time you, you do it. So, uh, at the end of February, uh, my friend, Peter, you, you know, Peter is flying up to Texas and we're going to do uh, a mock, uh, half Ironman in the hills mm-hmm. of Texas. So, so that'll be fun to, to kind of, because really what this is about, and I think fitness is really about this is, is, is getting past distant points, right? So like every time you cycle 40 miles, you're like, oh, 40? I could do that. Like, okay, we can do 50. Mm-hmm. So like, so like I've never ran a marathon, but like I guess I'm going to do that in November. So, you know, I think just once you get past there and you realize that you you can get there, then then you feel more comfortable, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so – so your cur- your longest distance currently is 8.5 miles. Where did so prior to this, what was your longest run? Where were you at? Maybe 3, maybe 2. I don't know. Wow. I hated it. So I never did it. I never did it. I didn't run for like 5 years. So Okay. Um, That's amazing. So in 3 months you're now working up to 8.5 miles and I could, I could do 13 right now if I wanted to. I'm sure I'm sure you could do yeah. the full marathon. It's just with your mind. <laughs> That's strong. Yeah. Um so where are you now with running? Like how do you feel about running now? I I, I don't dislike it. I there I I get what people are saying. There is a beauty to, you know, for cycling like yes, you're on a bike like the machine's doing a lot of it. Like, yeah, your legs are churning, but like, really I could go like 150 and probably won't flinch. But, uh, there is something about the time it takes, uh, to run and, and what it does to your body. Cause it, it really is the most jarring exercise, right. For, for, to beat up your knees and your legs. Um, so I get what people are saying, but will I ever get to a point where like, I'm just out there and I'm like, Hey, you know, let's, let's go for a 15. I don't know. Um, I, I don't have that answer yet, but, um, but I, but I do find joy in it because every time that you finish and every time that you, you cross over that threshold, you're, you're doing, I tell you, what's interesting is what they don't tell you is the swimming is the hardest. Yes, I absolutely <laughs> agree. I mean, that, that pool will take your ego and throw it in off that, that thing will mess you up, man. Like people don't respect that. It's good for you. But it, it's 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 interesting. It's it's hard for mm-hmm. sure. Did you have any swimming experience prior to this? No, no. So you so essentially you had the bike, and then you committed to learning to improve your swim and sure. learning to love to run or yeah. or the, want uh, to run. The first one is is open ocean. Yeah, great. So, yeah, so it'll <laughs> have be you swam in open water before? So basically survival mode is, is to get through the swimming part. So the good news is, is that everybody that knows me, regardless of how the, my goal for the first one is to finish. Uh, I don't have a time. I don't like, I'm just, I'll finish off a of pure grit. 
once I finish and, and all those barriers break down, then moving into the next one, then maybe we'll focus a little bit more on time. Um, but I, but I don't think that really matters. I mean, it no. doesn't just about finishing. So. Yeah, it's a, and I like what you said earlier. It's about how you feel and how you do, how you perform. And definitely something really important to do also while you're in race day is just to remember to enjoy every single moment, to realize that, you know, you're, you've just finished the swim, you're making it to the bike, you just finished the bike, you're making it to the run, and every single mile that you put on your legs is is a, is a win essentially. I know I truly believe that every single person can do an Ironman. And I say this and sometimes people look at me like, what are you crazy? I could never do that. I really feel that if you commit, if you really want to achieve something, if it's that important to you, if your reason why is that powerful, then you can program your mind to accomplish anything you want to do. Sure. And signing up for something like an Ironman, committing to training. And it doesn't even have to be an Ironman. I know, I know we're talking about something huge right now. But maybe for some people, that 5K run is an Ironman. And it's completely fine because you're, you're comparing where you are now to where you want to be, who you want to become, this new identity that you want to have. But committing to something like this and achieving something like this, what message does that send to you? Like, what does, what does that do to you, Austin? Well, from what I've heard, uh, Peter tell me, like, you really, truly get to a point where you feel like you can accomplish anything, yeah. um, you know, and, and, but what I, what I want to stress is that, you know, it's really about, and I keep going back to this, you know, it's the small steps, um, you know, like I cycled a race before, so it's not like the end of the world. I played sports in high school. So like, it's not like I just like randomly, but you know, you talk to, um, you know, Lucas Piper, a friend of mine, he never done a outdoor race, like running race. And like, he just did like, you know, 30 miles. Like, so, I mean, you can, you know, Nick Spoon ran like a marathon, yeah. like training, right? So like what I tell everybody is like small steps. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like, one thing you're setting goals and as you progress, as you progress, you feel better. You set goals that you can obtain and you get and get and get. So like a 5k, mm -hmm. uh, a half marathon. I mean, all these guys that we know, they didn't do any of these things and they're now they're addicted. Right. And so, you know, what a great addiction to have something that's going to press you, something that's going to challenge you. Um, but really what I think it's about is like you said, it's not about the race. It's the commitment um, day in, day out of the training to do it when you don't want to. And yeah. every time you do it when you don't want to, you're adding another layer of I can on. And when you can, then you, it, it gets into everything, right? You stay work, you know, stay late and get that work done. Right. And then, or you, um, get that extra deal on your plate for work or, you know, um, all that stuff. Right. And I, and I think it all, reverts back to what you think um you know i they talk about all the time what are you telling yourself when you're alone with yourself right mm -hmm. and if you're telling yourself like i can and these little bitty things are adding up it's this big ball that keeps getting bigger and bigger and then you're just a snow you're just you know a snowball downhill of confidence mm -hmm. right of confidence exactly you know tony robbins and actually i've heard omar pinto also talk about this addiction it, 
when we are addicted to something, it's because it serves many of our human needs, our basic needs. And I know for you right now, how, how long has it been that you're sober? Uh, it'd be a year and three, uh, about a month. Wow. Amazing. Congratulations, by the way. It's pretty awesome. Um, so let's say for you, for example, so 13 months of, um, kind of removing one addiction, do you feel like you've replaced this addiction with Iron Man or with something else? Could you have given up alcohol and not replaced it with anything else? Mm. Not really. Um, you know, you talk to my buddy who lives in Costa Rica. Uh, he's sober too. And he, he replaced uh, drinking with running, mm. you know, and, it, and look, 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 like I'm not sitting here making excuses, but I have a highly addictive personality. Mm. Like I listen to the same song like 30 times in one day if I like it. So like, so look, it is what it is. I'm not here to make excuses about it, but I'd rather replace it with working out and eating well than drinking alcohol and mm -hmm. driving drunk or, or doing other stuff. So it's just who I am. Um, you know, it, it fits people. Um, it, you know, competitive running or running and, and working out. I, I've noticed it fits a lot of um, people that are, do come from recovery, right? Mm -hmm. um, because they're, they're basically replacing one thing for another. But what I found is that what I was waiting for with the alcohol was to not have that feeling anymore. Like that feeling of like, I needed it. And like, I can truly say like that has, has gone away mm -hmm. uh, a little bit. So now it's almost, um, you know, a secondary nature. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd much rather, um, get up at 5.00 AM and go to the gym and feel great than the other way around, mm -hmm. uh, wake up at eight, um, you know, struggle, struggle to get into work and then kind of like sleepwalk through the day. Um, you, you, you can really just start, right? I think that's the most important thing is you just have to start somewhere mm -hmm. uh, that builds up over time. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you're, you're talking about substance, um, in terms of addiction. And oftentimes we look at drugs and we say, we associate addiction with drugs we associate addiction with alcohol. We associate addiction with, with any sort of substance like this. But we don't realize that food is also an addiction or negative behavior um, of some sort is an addiction. Um, not just alcohol, watching TV is an addiction. All of these things are, are addictions. And every single person is addicted to something. There's nobody who's, who's not addicted to anything. But it's taking that behavior and switching it to something that you know that serves you that is generally the hardest jump for people. And usually when that happens, it's because something really, really traumatic happened. Either it was a painful trauma or a very happy trauma, right? So something, for example, like your friend who's expecting a baby, that's something so exciting coming that is driving him to want to make a change. For some people, it might take them, you know, a, a really bad wake-up call to want to make a change. But what would you say to that person who's looking to make a switch from that addictive behavior, whatever it may be, whether it's substance abuse or habit to make that switch and, and trade in that addiction for something around health and fitness. It's this simple one day, hmm. one day a week, take a bad habit, replace it with a good one, one day a week and watch hmm. and then take the one day, and go to two days. Mm. 
Maybe you don't drink on Monday, Tuesday. Maybe you don't smoke on Monday, Tuesday, and you work out instead. It's just that little bitty switch, right? The same thing with waking up early. I get it. You don't have to wake up early. If you're a night owl, then be a night owl. But like whatever you're doing, try to push back the other way one hour or, or one day. And by doing that, you're going to, you're stacking that whole, okay, it can be done. Because what I call it is the spoke in the wheel theory, right? I meet so many people that are caught up in work or, or negative toxic relationship. All you need to do is put, they're riding the bike. You just need to put the stick in the wheel and have them stop for two seconds. And, and that one shift will allow you the headspace to start seeing other things. But once that, you, you, once that negative train or that toxic train gets rolling, it's hard to stop it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's, maybe it's you just stop what you're doing. You take a Friday and Saturday and you go somewhere that you want to be. And it's just that, that, little, that little change of your environment. Like here's what's weird about me. And my wife knows this about me. I have to travel. And like when I feel like I haven't traveled, like I'll, I start getting like super restless. Right. But it's not even, it's not even the place I need to go to. I could fly there, put my foot in that other city and fly right back and I'd be fine. (laughs) It's just like, it's just like, I just need that. And that's me. Right. Like, it's just who I am. Like I like different environments you know, changing and stuff. You enjoy so discomfort, you have, essentially what you're saying. You enjoy and thrive off of discomfort. 100%. Love to be in a room full of 100 people. I don't even have any idea who they are. Yeah. Like, you know, but that's me. That's not everybody. It's not my wife by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. But mm-hmm. like, but like, look at the patterns, right? Step back for five seconds. Look at the patterns of your life. Find little areas where you could change the pattern just to maybe an hour, maybe two hours. Mm-hmm. And I think by doing that, you're going to start opening up things that you're, that maybe you don't want to do anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, becoming, but, becoming more aware of why you do certain things and when you do these things and then associating these things with either a response of pleasure or a response of pain, because that's how we compute things in our brain. We either see something as pleasurable or see something as painful. But how do we get to that point, do you think, where we start to see something very uncomfortable, such as exercise? Because let's face it, a lot of people avoid it or they stop doing it because it's uncomfortable. Like, how do we get to that point where we start to view this discomfort as pleasure and as reward? I think that you have to make a commitment that you care about your health. I mean, it's yeah. as simple as that. Um, everything that you put in your body is a reflection of how you're going to feel, right? And whether you're a vegetarian, like what I can't stand are labels. I cannot stand yeah. labels. Same here. Do, do things that make you, everybody's different. So do things that make you, dude, here's the thing. If, if, like, let's say that you, I'm trying to think of the weirdest thing in the world. Like, what if you like to juggle three, three days a week, right? Like if you juggled and that made you happy, that's a workout. Like, so your workout does not have to look like any, nobody's going to, not people are going to do what I do, but like, whatever that looks like to you walking upstairs, don't take the elevator. Like 
dude, these little things, you know, I have a guy that I work with that's a builder, a friend of mine, and it was very awkward to say this, but I can get away with some of these things because people like me and trust me, but he is overweight and he knows it. And he's had a couple health issues. He just had another one and he's got three kids. And as I met him and he showed me his kids, I asked him, I said, Hey, is there anything in this picture that looks familiar to you? And he was like, yes, I see what you're getting at. Well, his 12 year old kid is already 170 pounds. Mm. He looks like his dad. Mm. And I go, no offense to you, but now you're now he knows this. So I'm not like throwing him on blast. Your habits have gone down to your kids, right? And you owe it to yourself. And he agrees to, to be healthy, to be around. I mean, he just had, you know, double pneumonia. And like, I'm like, dude, like <laughs> we got to get you healthy. Cause I need you around your, your kids need you around. Like your business needs you around. And you know, I feel like people, it, the, the train gets going. Right. And you just don't know where to like, well, you know, you just don't know how to stop. Well, your why needs to be greater than your own. Right? Yeah. And, and, and in the health and like, I'll just be selfish. Like I need him around. Like, so like I'm being selfish. Like, so if your why is I need to be around for Austin, I'm okay with that. I'll take that burden. Right. Um, but it can't be when you're, when you're not, when you're not being the best version of yourself, it's not just you, you're hurting. Yeah. It's your, your family, your kids, your husband, your spouse, your, your, your grandmother, your grandma, like, you know, we, we, we say this all the time and my wife would say it. she's in the other room. She would say my grandma and her grandma were the same age, exact same age to the month. My grandma lived in a neighborhood where there was, they walked, um, like there was golf and there was always people around. Her grandma lived in the country. <laughs> her grandma looked 10 years older than my grandma. Mm. Right. And my grandma has a boyfriend, like she's still working out every day, but like people don't understand, like you don't have to be doing Ironmans. You just have to be like walking, anything, being around people, social, yeah. um, talking is working out. Like, you know, laughing is working out. Like, um, so, so anything that you do, as long as you're not just laying on the couch and, you know, putting in, you know, bad foods and not being social, like that's not going to get you anywhere, you know? And I'm, I'm, I'm a social butterfly. It's what I like to do, but you know, you're out there and you're just, you're staying young. Right. I think is the most exciting thing mm -hmm. in your life, right? Yeah. Experience, breathe that, um, yeah. traveling. Exactly. And these are a lot of the things that I talk about too, with my athletes and, um, in, in the groups that I'm in as well is, First step is everything. I mean, everything basically you, you've mentioned all these points, but the first step is surrounding yourself by the right people, changing your environment, not just who you spend time with, but even your home environment. If I'm going to try to stop some sort of habit, I'm not going to have it all over my house. I'm not going to have in my pantry cookies and things that don't serve me that are just going to make it more challenging for me to stick to a meal plan, for example. 
Um, I'm going to find a powerful reason why I want to do this. When I'm around the right type of people, they're going to hold me accountable to this reason. So even during the times where I don't feel like doing it or I have a hard time pushing myself to get started, I have people who are constantly helping me show up. That's very important to have. Um, and oftentimes we overlook this. I mean, if, if we take things into our own hands, then we just have a harder time sticking to things. There's tons of programs online that you can get for free. There's tons of workout videos that you can get for free, but why don't people stick to it? I mean, if all this content is available, why are people not using it? And why is everyone not walking with, you know, ripped to the six pack, for example. And the other big thing that you pinpointed many times is start with smaller steps. Like don't have this huge goal for yourself where, you know, you're, you're bound to fail. And if you fail, then the message that you send to yourself is, well, I, I guess I tried and it doesn't work, or I guess, you know, I, I can't make it happen and, and it's too difficult. It's, it's impossible. And all of these words that obviously are, are disempowering, right? So you also mentioned to me earlier that you've switched the way that you eat um, you're now plant-based. By the way, I don't like labels either. That way I won't say vegan. I like the word plant-based because plant-based defines a way of eating that primarily is around plants. You could be 80%, 90%, 100% plant-based. But how was that transition for you? How did yeah. that happen? I mean, basically, I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. I travel a bunch, so it's like, it's an excuse, but whatever. But it's been a little hard. I've eaten some, a cheese or an egg here and there. So like not 100%. But uh you know, I just, I just wanted to try it. I had heard from uh, Britt Taylor, you know, she did a bunch of marathons on plant-based. And, and for me, um, I was just worried about recovery, uh, about feeling cleaner. And, and so it's been 35 days, I nice. think, something like that. It's been good. I feel light. You know, I, it's just one of those things, like, really, I, I don't think I'll know the true benefits until we go out farther. But it's just one more thing where you've made a choice you've stuck with it and it's not even about the act of it anymore it's about you know like teaching your mind like it's greater than you think it is right mm -hmm. um but what i think is the most exciting there's a little competitiveness in me is all the million people that told me i couldn't do it that's what's the most exciting mm -hmm. it's like no you don't understand like when i make a decision it's it's final and so um because everybody does want to put labels on everything. They want to, um, well, no, you can't do that. And, and no, but I tell you what's interesting. And this is the, now that I'm saying it out loud, the hardest thing to do when you make these switches, when you, when you stop drinking, when you're a vegetarian, is to get around your friends that you used to do that stuff with. Mm. And then they're associating you with, you know, that was drunk Austin. He's fun and everything. So they're having to learn how to handle me now. Right. And so you're in it, you're in another uncomfortable situation because I, that's the way you used to act in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's something that's been very intriguing for me uh, moving forward. You know, my best friends, they're like, I don't even know what to do with you right now, you know? And so, and that's okay. Like we'll figure it out. But, but I think, I think that is a pinpoint reason of why a lot of people switch back. Right. They, they're trying to please this, this old environment that they used to spend time with and realign themselves with it. But no, everyone's realigning with you, right, Austin? It's, this is Austin. This is my identity, like, man. Like, you know, at the end of the day, so my number one phrase, I wear my shirt almost a workout every time. And it's the truth. It's really stuck with me. Nobody cares, work harder. Mm -hmm. And it's the truth. 
you know, I tell you what, and I'll tell you a true story so people can really resonate and I think they'll identify with this. I lost 40 pounds, right? Amazing. I went to go see my cousins and my uncle and I flew in. I'm feeling fucking sexy. You know, I feel good. I'm, I'm, I've lost like six pant sizes, you know, the whole thing. Guess what? How many people mentioned that I lost weight? Nobody. Zero. Mm. You know why? Because they have their own problems. Yeah. And what I realized, and that was the most eye-opening trip for me, because I was like mad and I was like, nobody gives a shit. Like, look at the new me. You don't even care. doesn't matter. Like, if you're doing this for other people, you will fail. Yeah. This is a solo mission, regardless yeah. of your partner or anything. The only person you need to make happy is yourself. Yeah. And you know what? You owned it. That's the thing is that when we're constantly blaming our situation on other people, like I will be in my best shape if, you know, everything else around me is in place or, you know, I'm not in my best shape because everything else around me is falling apart. So the moment that you own it and you make it yours, like you said, yeah, you're doing this for yourself. It doesn't matter what other people think. And the thing is, people will always try to pull you down to their level, especially if you've just released yourself from an old environment that you used to associate with. People will always want you to come down to their level because you've gone through a lot of discomfort to grow out of this environment. And now where you are now makes them uncomfortable because now you are also in a new environment that they would have to break out of to match your, your current one. What's, what's extremely frustrating to me, and this happens all the time, all the time is they ask, people ask me, when are you going to drink again? Yeah. Yeah. And what, what I, what I used to get frustrated. Right. And then what I realized is that's them dealing with their own insecurity. Do you know how many people I've had come up to me and go, you know what? I would, I've been thinking about it. I'd really like to do that. And then the next day they're drunk at a bar. Yeah. Like they want to, but they can't get over the thing. For you to ask me when I'm going to drink again tells me that you don't give a fuck about me mm -hmm. and you don't really want to see me succeed. You feel 100% more comfortable with me being the drunk Austin because I'm at your level. Now that I've jumped above you and, and you know, we're doing these businesses and all these things, like, you know, everybody asks me, like, I don't know how you do it all. I'm like, well, I'm not at the bar on Friday night. Like, I'm at work, you know, 6 a.m. on Saturday. So, you know, but that's for me. It's not for anybody else. I don't, you don't need to be me. Yeah. But um, that's when you realize, like, I had somebody tell me that I really respect. Like, if those people are asking you that, then you need to not be around. Them. You need to like, not be around them. That It's really, like, it's that simple. And sometimes it seems very simple, but it's difficult because it may be your father or maybe a family member or maybe someone you grew up with, right? But like you said, at the end of the day, it really is about them. It's not about, you know, anybody else. And you have to identify that. You have to make it okay that, you know what, I'm not regressing. I'm not going back. And I still get this often. I mean, I've been, I've been living my identity, my lifestyle for almost 18 years now. But I'll still find myself in a situation where somebody will say, well, just take the day off, you know. And now that I've been, I'm, I'm eating plant-based, you know, I get this often. Just take the day off. Just have a piece of meat. Just make this an off day. There is no on and off for me. This is just my identity. And I'm sure you face this often too, that people will ask you, well, you're still going strong, Austin? Like, how's that going, Austin? Like, you're still committed? Yes. And what do you say? They say all the time, like, keep it up. And I'm like, no, it's not keep it up, mother effers. Like, I have nasty goals, like goals that scare me to death. 
intentions, things that I want for my life. My wife and I want to own a vineyard in Italy. Like we want to like have houses all around the world. Like, you know what it takes to get there. Like, and so now I've seen the path. I am just crushing every day and I'm going to stay on this path because it's the path to get to, for me to be satisfied. And what you do in the past and what I did in the past is, was, you know what, like, that's a little, you know, you can't do that. Like, you know, you can't do that. And then now it's flipped and it's like, okay, you can do anything you want. And what's really great is like the fear has just like dissipated because mm-hmm. like we put an offer in on a 143 unit apartment the other day and we're like, yeah, whatever. And so like, that's whatever now, because these align with the goals that I want to get to. And I know that I might not know everything, Maybe this is now that I'm saying it out loud, this is interesting. I may not know everything, but this reverts back to the training of the Ironman stuff. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. So that's interesting. I didn't even correlate that till just now. <laughs> that's amazing. So powerful. I feel like we could really sit and talk here for another hour. I think you're amazing, Austin. You're very inspiring. And you've said a lot of um, really valuable things today, and especially around just, just mindset. Going forward, though, do you identify with that old you, that 21-year-old boy who was kicked out of the house or the 25-year-old boy who, you know, spent the night in jail? Who is this person to you now today? And are you fearful that you may ever go back there? No, but it's my path, right? And it's my story. Mm. And I think what a lot of people do is I, I don't think they share their story because they and, I, and I'm guilty of it. You know, who am I, right, to say my story or who am I? But, you know, what I really think about anytime I do an interview or anytime I share my story is if it moves one person, if it affects or impacts one person. The way we look at my businesses is straight up, I want to be the owner and boss that I've always dreamed of having, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, what you realize is, like, every time you, you step out there and you tell – you know, I can relate to that person and I was that person, but I no longer um, need that person to get to where I'm going because, mm-hmm. you know, Ed Milets has this great. If I show up six months from now or an interview a year later and I'm that same person, then I'm, I'm dead mm-hmm. because it's a crisis to get to the next version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like what I live in is growth. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a hundred percent rooted in growth. If I didn't have anything else, always learning, always growing. And so like when we do this interview a year from now, like I'm going to be a different person. Right. And so you, you can't stick where you're going. Right. You, you, it's, it's cause every part of every part of business, every part of marriage, right. Every part of being a, a mom or dad needs a different version of you. The kid at two years old needs a different dad than a kid at six years old. Right? Yes. So I just, I like to be flexible and I want to always be doing new things. That's my mm-hmm. thing. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to try new things because you'll learn from something, you know, life is about action, right? And, and taking action and, and, and working in those uncomfortable moments. Um, exactly. And, and that's what it is. And, and you said it perfectly. Everybody has a story. 
and what is meant to happen to you in your life as difficult as it may seem at some times. And, you know, you went through some struggles, but all of our struggles look a little bit different, disguised a little bit differently. You know, it's through these struggles that shape us to who the person is today that, you know, we are expressing. And without these struggles, we can't learn. And we can either choose to be a permanent victim of these things. You had a choice in your life to continue down the same path and decide, you know what, this is my story. Like, this is just how it is. But instead, you decided to use this, empower yourself with it, teach others, talk about your story, and hopefully inspire others to make a massive change as well. And now you're, you are you are going to be an Ironman finisher this year. You've got amazing entrepreneurial sense and you're an amazing husband, an amazing person. And I, I, I know from everyone that, you know, is friends with you as well. You're just, um, you're just a powerhouse and it's amazing to share your story. I agree. I think most of us just walk around and not realize that maybe like you said, our story might impact just one person. And if it can impact that one person, then it was worth having. Because that's just what it's about. We, we're constantly learning from other people. I know you have mentors. I have mentors. And I'm constantly learning from them. And I don't have a single mentor in my life who hasn't gone through massive struggles, like massive, massive struggles. And it's actually seeing them and seeing their low, lowest points and understanding their lowest points that helps me overcome my lowest points, right? Yeah, it's like, so one of the guys I've listened to a lot, he made it really hit home with me last week. He said the, the contrast is between failure and success, mm-hmm. that middle ground mm-hmm. in between the strife in your life is where is where the juice lives, mm-hmm. is where the actual, where you can respect the, the highs because you had the lows. Mm-hmm. If you just had the same, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't nothing would feel different. Right? Exactly. You know, so you, the strength of your story is, is what, you know, that person next to you might want to hear. Right. And, and what I realized, this was a big thing with all the kids that I help and the, the younger entrepreneurs, when you carry your story in the, in the dark, it's in the shadows, it can never get better. No. It is until you bring it into the light mm-hmm. that it doesn't own you anymore. Mm-hmm. And once it doesn't own you anymore, you have the power to change. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Do you, well, I, I really appreciate your time coming on here today, Austin, and uh, speaking to us and inspiring others also to make a massive change in their life. Do you have any last parting words that you would like to share with our listeners today? Yeah, I think, um, I think action is the key to everything. I think that you just have to do. You don't have to be great at it. You don't even have to know what you're doing. I have no idea what I'm doing in the swimming, but I get out there and I do it. And by doing that, you, you're breaking these chains of, of doing what you think you need to do instead of what, what serves you, right? Mm-hmm. And what I suggest for everybody to do is, regardless of who it is, your mother, your father, your, your, your brother, your, your spouse, whatever, is that this day, every day that you wake up is about what you want. Mm-hmm. And if you switch from goals that are stupid, that don't matter, to intention, right? The intention is to impact others. The intention is to feel good about your job that you do. The intention is to feel better who you are. I think by doing that, you will set yourself free of the other things that matter. And the most important thing 
is stop hitting on the effing scale. It does not matter. It's a weight. It's a number. It does not matter because I am just as guilty of it. And I just had to stop doing it because I be, I have a great month and then I gain weight and I'm like, Oh, it didn't matter. Well, yeah, no, it did matter. So I just stopped doing it. Yeah. I think it's the most important thing. I agree. We are not a, a number on the scale. That's not what defines us. And it always constantly influences our behavior when it's not what we want to see. So if we mm -hmm. see that it went up, even though it's not explained why, there's no reason about it, it automatically influences us to, to react in, in a not very positive way generally. So yeah. thank you well, thank so you. much. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> thank you. I will definitely be watching you this year and, um, and definitely will connect again. And I would love to record this again in a year and see who Austin 2021 is. You got it. Yeah. All right. Enjoy your day. All right, thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fall in Love with Fitness. Whether you're already on your fitness journey or just getting started, we're in this together. Just head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review, and you'll be entered into the drawing to win my six-week transformation course. Then go to fallinlovewithfitness.com and get your free gift from me so you get back your energy and reinvigorate your life. Join me on the next episode and remember, you are an inspiration.